Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Again, I'm Tony Demon, work with the college students and young adults at the church. And I'm excited about the series we're going through. It's Advent season. I like it a lot because we get to sit on the verse for four weeks and we look at faith and Luke killed it last week, y'all, man. That was some good stuff. Dang, I'm going through my week like, man, what is my faith in today? You know? Um, And then we're going to talk about hope today. Next week, we're going to talk about peace and then love. And it's all going to be out of Romans 5, 1 through 11. So I'm excited about that. It's a little treat. For those who are able, I'm going to ask you guys to stand and we're going to read uh, Romans 5, 1 through 10. And uh, we're looking through this text and we're looking for hope. Romans 5, 1 through 10. Those who got the text, they got it. Got it. All right. Romans 5, 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also attained access by faith into the grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for the righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one might dare to even to die. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. That is the word of God. Let us pray. Dear God, we come to you today. God, I pray that we leave this room more excited about your glory more hopeful in what you um, have done and what you're doing and what we will get to experience later on in life. And God, I ask that you speak through me. And God, I pray that we glorify you as we search through your scriptures to find a little bit more about your amazing love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys may be seated. So again, today we're going to talk about hope. And I was thinking like, man, man what's, what's the best way to kick off uh, hope? sermon and I've been hopeful for about a lot of things in life but me and my wife we went to a, a funeral about three weeks ago I hate funerals y'all I'm being honest like I really I mean it's important people in my life that I skip their funeral I just don't like funerals um, I really don't um, I don't get excited about them I hate people crying even when you cry for good reason I just hate it like it's just something about tears and crying just mess me up, you know, it's just, even when babies be crying at restaurants, like, oh my gosh, I like start cringing inside. Um, and then just, just sad people, like, man, it, I don't like my moves being altered, man. I like to stay 
stay even. And funerals, man, you get tears and sad people. That's all you really get. So I try to avoid that. Um, but we went to one three weeks ago. Uh, it was a friend of ours and their mother um, passed away. And dude, it was probably the best Christian experience I have ever had in my life. Like, it was amazing. And I walked out, I was like, baby, I might need to go to a funeral about once a month. Like, like just picking strangers, just looking around like, hey, who's a solid Christian? And let me find a funeral. Because it reminded me of this hope. We sat in there and, and they were talking about, they shared a story. So she's about 80 years old. So they're talking about her granddaughter. So they comes in, her big sister comes into the room and says, hey, just want to let you know, um, grandma passed away. And her great granddaughter, the lady who passed away, granddaughter say, oh my gosh, she's going to be with the Lord and celebrating. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like somehow they got passed down to her great grand. And then you start listening to um, when people come out to testifying about their grandmother. They talk about, hey, it was often they will come over. She'll be reading her Bible. She'll be praying. She will invite her grandkids and kids into her devotional life. And they say it was common. It was often. Sometimes she would just stir off into the skies and be like, hey, I just, I just get excited about the day that I get to be with the Lord. Like, while she's here, I ain't never did that, y'all. Like, while she's here on earth, just look up to the skies. Like, man, I, I can't wait to the day that I get to meet my maker. Like, everything going good in her life. They said it was consistent. That man, she was all about the glory of God and wanted to meet him. We left convicted. I was like, baby, I need to get my life together. Like, oh my gosh. It wasn't the fact that, that she was like serious about the things of God and she was hopeful about the afterlife. Everybody who came up and talked about her, that's all they talked about, though. Like, she multiplied this into generations. And I was like, man, that's something beautiful right there. So, um, the passage today, I'm majoring on rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God today. That's what we just want to focus on. And I was like, man, how do I get Christians who come to church to rejoice in the hope of God? How do I get some people who showing up for their first time to church today to rejoice in the hope of God. And like, I was like, man, that's a hard task to do in 25 minutes. And I was like, all right, it got to be a verse in the Bible that can help a brother uh, get people there. And Romans 5, 14, if it's the next slide. Let's just look at what they say. It's going to set up the tone of what we're going today. How do I get people to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God? Romans 5, 14. For whatever we... For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instructions that through endurance and through the encouragement of Scripture, we might have hope. The encouragement of Scripture that we might have hope. The encouragement of Scripture that we might have hope. It's only through the Word of God that really brings true hope, y'all. Um, and then I'm like, the encouragement of what part of the Scripture? I was like, yeah, I know where to go for that, man. We just got to go to the Gospels, you know? Like, I got it. Hey, boy, just, I, I, I got the Gospel. I can get y'all something in Romans. You, I mean, um, Matthew or something, you know? Then I was like, man, that must say Scripture. It doesn't say the Gospels. I was like, dang. So the Scriptures, that encouraged me. Hey, we're going to take a look from Genesis to Revelation in the next 20 minutes. So that, man, now ultimately you guys can take a look at, at the hope in Genesis all the way to Revelation. And through the encouragement of Scripture, we can leave here rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. So, um, next slide, just got a little cute little diagram. It's just a little overview of where we're going to go. We're going to take a look at what happened before creation. What was God doing back then? Um, 
And then we're going to look at God and, and Adam. Like, what was they talking about? They were going to look at Adam and Eve. See the little timeline going, going forward, you know? Um, Noah and the ark, Abraham and Sarah, Moses and the Israelites, David and the kingdom, Christ and the church, and then the new heavens, new earth. We're going to start Genesis to Revelations. Uh, and we're going to be looking at some covenants and some relationships and some conversation that God had with people before we existed. And uh, we're going to put names to it to give it some, some deeper understanding to find what really happened and how in that relationship and the promise that God said with this person, how we can go forward um, and it should inspire us to have hope in God, okay? That's where we're going to go. So the next slide, we're going to start with in Genesis. So everybody know, good old Sunday school class, kids ministry. Y'all didn't heard most of these stories we're going to hit on today, but um, I'm going to bring them to life, hopefully. So we got God created, Adam, in the garden. He said, hey, let us make them in our image to reflect our glory so that we can have a, a relationship back and forth. Uh, but he also told Adam, say, hey, got some work for you to do. Like, man, go name all those animals over there, you know. Um, go work the land. And also, hey, all these trees enjoy. But it's one tree. Stay away from. Good and evil. Don't mess with that tree. Because if you do mess with that tree, there's consequences and repercussions, you know. A, you do good, you'll be blessed. You do bad, you'll be cursed. That's the covenant of works. That's what it was in the beginning of time. I understand that a lot. When I read this, I have no issue in my heart. I grew up, and if you knew my daddy, you know why this makes sense. So my daddy used to give us pep talks right before he take us out. So I got my two little sisters, and we'll go to Walmart. My daddy sit us down, he give us in the car, say, hey, just wanna let y'all know, y'all know my rule. Before we get out of this car, do not make me look like a fool in front of these white people. That was it. <laughs> he set us down, it was clear. Do not make me look like a fool in front of these white people. I understood that, I reflect my daddy. I'm his son, as I go out, I represent him. If I don't obey, that's consequences. I know my daddy, all right. We get in Walmart, we get in, get in the store, he go off, do what he doing. I got my sisters, she hop in the cart, we running through the store like, oh, just moving, just going. And I'm like, yeah, you like that? She's like, yeah, faster, faster, I'm going, you know, too. And I just let her go. And in slow motion, I'm like, yeah. And she's like, hey. And then she hit the little rack, y'all, and knocked down the whole rack. You heard clean up on aisle two. And my daddy turned the corner, y'all. He pissed. I know my daddy has consequences, y'all. He come over. He open hand punched me, y'all, right, right in my mouth. Gun flew out of my mouth and everything. That ain't the bad. That ain't the bad part. That's not the bad part at all. Because I knew I deserved that. You know, like, I, I, I disrespected him publicly in front of all these white people. I knew I deserved help. This is what he do next. Say, Tony, get your butt over here. He made me stand in front of the Walmart line next to the lady ringing the bell for Christmas thing, and I'm crying. I think my jaw broke and everything, just standing there so embarrassed, just crying and weeping as people just go back feeling sorry for a brother. It's like, man, I understood. If I did what he told me to do, I'll be blessed. He probably would've got me a gift that day. But if I didn't do what he said, I'll be cursed. That's the same thing that happened in the garden. Adam and Eve disobeyed. There was consequences. And the curse came. They were removed from the garden. Their relationship that they had with God was separated. Okay? But what happened next? And if we look down, you see top, bottom. Okay? We see right here the covenant of grace. That despite 
Adam and Eve disobeying the Lord, God came through with some grace that they ain't had to work for. He said, I will put enemy between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise the head and you shall bruise his heel. Genesis 3.15. Like, from the seed of a woman, the God said, hey man, I'm going to send a redeemer that's going to conquer this world and it's going to crush Satan. Like he, he tell them in Genesis 3, they, they just disobeyed. They say, I got a plan for you. I'm going to clean up your mess. But even going even a little deeper, Genesis 3.21. And the Lord made Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothes for them. And man, that's just a picture of God, man, providing. I like to think behind closed doors, God made a sacrifice for them already. He slaughtered the animal. He gave them the clothing and he provided what they needed as they exit out the garden. It's like, man, that's a picture of grace. It wasn't nothing that they did. They already disobeyed. They already broke the rule. And that's every last one of us would have did too. Uh, so we got work and we got grace. But sin is real. And sin is contagious. It's passed down generation to generation. Somebody told me it's like a, um, a rattlesnake. Mother rattlesnake, daddy rattlesnake have a baby. Little rattlesnake is still poisonous. It's just, just like sin in every last one of us. So Adam and Eve had their kids. Next generation, one of them murdered their brother. Next generation, things get worse and worse and worse because the sin is contagious and passed down from generation to generation. It's something inside of us. And I know it to be true, y'all. I mean, Luke, Luke clean cut, y'all, man. That dude right there, if anybody's a saint, Luke's a saint. You know, man? Derek got pastor, so we got to think good things about him. But I'm just going to let y'all know. Y'all ain't got to think nothing good about me, man. I'm rough around the edges, though. So let me tell y'all. Thursday, your boy is preparing the sermon, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking the Lord. I'm trying to dig in these scriptures, trying to find answers. You know, I'm probably listening to worship music. I remember the moment, but I, I like to listen to worship music throughout my day. So I'm driving back home. You know, I get up on my street, 14th Street. I pull up and I see him, y'all. I see the dude with the orange jacket on, you know, the dude walking around with his little ticket, little um, machine. And in my heart, I get mad because I know he got me a couple of times, y'all. I know he got me a couple of times. And the first thing to go through my mind was like, Grand Theft Auto. Anybody play Grand Theft Auto is like, man, when you hit a person, you get extra points, you know, man? <laughs> that goes through my mind. I'm preparing the sermon. I'm listening to my worship music on my way home to a dude that ain't did nothing to me. And I think, man, I can hit this dude with my car. I'm wicked. <laughs> I'm messed up. And that's just the stain of sin that happened in the garden when they disobeyed God. I didn't do it. I didn't do it, but I thought about it. Um, but I'm saying like, hey, and you see generation to generation and it's passed down and it got so bad that we're in Genesis and we see this right here. Genesis 8:21. I will never again curse the ground because of man for the tensions of man's heart is evil from their youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. It said it breaks it broke God's heart that he created man and woman because of their evil intentions was everywhere. The only next solution is to do something about it because now they're killing each other. Now they're raping each other. They're doing all these wicked things to each other. The best thing is just to flood this deal and start over. He picked Noah and their family as a start over tool. And then after they get done, he said, hey, that rainbow that you see in the sky, that's my covenant between you that no matter how bad things get, I ain't going to do that again. Like, I won't wipe it all out again. Um, and some people are like, oh, man, that's so messed up. Oh, that's so messed up. God, just wipe all these people out, man. This dude 
mean as a bug. I think about the scenario I told you when my daddy slapped the taste out of my mouth. But if he didn't discipline me growing up, dude, I'd be in jail or even worse, y'all. I'm being serious. Him pulling me to the side, spanking my butt was the most loving thing he did to me because I know my homeboys that didn't get it and they way worse off than I am. That God literally disciplined us to put us back on track uh, because he loved us. But sin wasn't erased because we know Noah and them got off the boat, but got drunk. Sin continued generation after generation. So it isn't something inside of the person, not just those people. It's something within us. But as sin continued, God came to Abraham, and this is what he said to Abraham. So right before Abraham, you got the Tower of Babel, and all of them trying to work their way up to God. They're working together. They all unify one language, one people, all getting all the stuff. It's like, hey, we're trying to go see what God up to. We're about to do what we do. And God said, hey, I'm going to get in between that, made different languages, sent them all scattered all throughout the earth. And that's where all the languages and even probably the color pigment and all the exposure to the sun and all that stuff start coming. But God came to Abraham and said, hey, I'm going to select a group of people and I'm going to choose y'all to be my people so the world may know how to have a relationship back with me. And he did it with Abraham. Look towards the heavens and the numbers of number the stars. If you're able to number them, then he said to him, you shall, so shall your offsprings. I'll just screw it over. Look towards the heavens and the number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring. So God basically saying, hey, you look up to the sky, you see all these stars, that's how many of your offspring is going to be. And he's talking to a man that, that can't even have a baby at the time. Like his wife can't get pregnant. He said, hey, the generations will be through you. And we see later on what this promise really consisted of. But God said, I'm selecting my people. I'm going to love my people. And through my love for them, the world will know how to actually get a relationship back with me. That's pretty sweet. That's a covenant that he made with Abraham. We go with Moses. The people that God selected continue to, to rebel against the Lord. And one way that the consequences of rebelling against the Lord, that you see them being enslaved by other people group in Scripture. Uh, but they're enslaved by the Egyptians. So God raises up a man, Moses, and this is what it, he says, Moses. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandments, you shall be my treasure possession amongst all the people for all the earth and mines. So we know Moses got the commandments. We narrowed it down to just the 10, which is just basically a summary of all the other ones. And we got the 10 commandments. He said, hey, if y'all obey these commandments, then you can get into the promised land. I mean, we got thousands of people out there. Just all you got to do is obey. Ten Commandments. Pretty simple. No big deal. Nobody obeyed the commandments. God penalized them. Say, hey, we're going to wait 40 years out in this wilderness until all y'all die off so y'all can go into the promised land before we go into the promised land. Because they continue to sin, continue to disobey God's, God's word. But if you obey these commandments, you get to go to the promised land. And we're not even just talking about the earthly promised land. Can't we? We're talking about the promised land of the afterlife of heaven. That's all we got to do. I mean, just don't lie. Just don't steal. Don't kill nobody. Don't disobey your parents. Don't commit adultery. You're good to go. But because of that sin that dwells inside of us, we all guilty. And there's nobody in this room capable of uh, um, not um, sinning. So, so that's right there. We got the covenant with Moses. And then we go to David. We got Moses and the Egyptians they entered to the promised land. They split up into their, their tribes. 
God raises up judges because of their wilding out. They sinning against them more and more and more to judge them. And then they want to be just like the other people in the land. They want a king. And God's like, man, I'm your king. Y'all don't need no other king. They want a king. They rebel. They want a king. So he raised up a king, uh, Saul. And Saul wasn't a man out the guy's own heart. So he raised up David, a man out the guy's own heart. And he made a, a covenant with David. And the covenant with David consists of, in your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. And your throne shall be established forever. So God said, hey, David, that through you, um, there will be a king that will reign forever and forever. And we see that wasn't just his kids because of David, a man of God's own heart, sinned with Bathsheba, murdered her husband. And the consequence of that, the God created division in his family. And then David's kids start fighting against each other. And now we got a split of the kingdoms, the north and the south. And then the cycle continued. They sinned. They um, they go into slavery and over and over and over the cycle. It's like, man, but God continued to reach out to every last one of the people we just mentioned. And every last one of those people fell short. Abraham, uh, he doggone sold his wife off, basically, uh, as a prostitute, if you really look at it. We see David committing adultery and murdering people. We see Adam, all he did had to do is eat from the tree, you know what I mean? It's like simple, um, it's like every last one of them failed over and over and over and over. But God continue to pursue them, continue to come up with other covenants so that they people can be uh, saved and have a relationship with God. But there's two more covenants that we're going to talk about since we just took y'all to uh, kids Sunday, Sunday school class with storytelling. Two covenants that are crucial that I think just bring all this together and bring true hope to us. So check out the next slide. And I'm going to start on the right side and then work my back self to the left. But therefore... He is the mediator of the new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Since a death has occurred that redeemed them from their transgressions and committed under the first covenant. So we see that, that Jesus Christ is ultimate, the mediator of the new covenant. He's the new Moses. That man, that he ushered in the fact that man, that we no longer got to live out the, the law that, man, that if we believe and repent, then God will put the law inside of our heart, in a sense. So, through Jesus Christ, we get to go through the promised land because he did everything necessary for us to get there. Through Jesus Christ, uh, he did what um, Adam didn't do. He obeyed um, to completion. Through Jesus Christ, he is the king of David that will reign forever and ever and ever um, through Jesus Christ. You see um, in Galatians that, that Abraham um, um, descendants, those who believe in Jesus Christ are Abraham descendants. Um, he purchased it all through his blood and through his obedience um, because he loved us, y'all. Uh, that new covenant. And in that new covenant, you get a new heart, you get a new life, you become a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And that's something beautiful right there. And the relationship with God, you get direct access to him. No more going to the temples. You ain't got to go to the priest. You ain't got to go nowhere. You got direct access to Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior, because of his death and his resurrection. That's good and dandy. You hear that every Sunday, every Sunday. But there's one more covenant that, that man, that when I really look at it, it blows my mind. And we're just talking about the redemption covenant. And if you fast forward to the left side, 
For this reason, the Father loved me. We got Jesus Christ talking. Because I laid down my life that I may take it up again. No one take it up from me, but I lay it down for my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up. This charge I was received from the Father. So we see that something happened before uh, creation. And we see it in Ephesians. Before the foundation of the world, God predestined and elected us. That the Trinity was doing something before they even made the world. And we got the Father and the Son. The Father coming over the plan. The Son going down there to redeem his people. And the Holy Spirit coming into our lives to guarantee that we will be finished, um, that we will make it to heaven. It's like, man, now that's hope right there. That I can't mess this up even if I did hit the dude. You know what I mean? Like, I can't mess this up because it's not about my works anymore. It's about everything that Jesus Christ did. It's everything that the God did before he created all of this. And I can find great joy in that right there. That there's love for every last one of us. Why? Because there's love in the Trinity. There's love in the, the, the redemption plan. And there's hope in every last one of us because it's guaranteed to happen because of this, uh, this is a deal between God. We see Abraham didn't, didn't come through. We see David didn't come through. We see Adam didn't come through. But Jesus Christ came through. God came through. And they solidified the plan. There will be one day, y'all, there won't be any cancer. There won't be any miscarriages. There won't be failing no exams. There won't be um, missing out on job, promotion opportunities. Um, but scripture promised that, man, that through suffering and perseverance, that you will have hope. And whatever you're going through right now, you got to fix your eyes on the ultimate perfecter of faith. And that's what should give you hope. But then we see all throughout the history, we see throughout history, that God was faithful to his people, despite how faithful they was to him. Um, that should bring joy. There's nothing that you're going on right now uh, that we don't see throughout scripture, uh, no matter how big you mess up. No matter if you come into this room, be like, hey, Tony, man, I have no clue what you're talking about right now. I want to let you know that there was a creator that created you and had a plan for you before you even walked into this room. And he wants you to know about that amazing love that he has for you. And he wants to have a deep relationship with you now because this is the eternal life that you may know the one and only true God, but also he wants to have a relationship with you later forever because he loves you and you're created in his image. Let's pray. Dear God, we just come to you today. God, we thank you for your encouraging scripture that we can look at it all the way back in Genesis and all the way to Revelation and it applies to our life today. God, I just pray that I be a man that truly do hope in the things of the Lord. God, I pray that we be a people in a congregation that truly do rejoice in your glory, God. And God, I just pray that, God, that whatever we're going through today, that we be honest and confess that we haven't been hoping in you. Uh, a perfect God who desires for us to have a perfect relationship and will make all things perfect one day. And God, let us not be stressing out about the things of this world and let our worries fade away, God, because we fix our eyes on you. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.